All right, guys. Thank you for joining me today. This is The Angry Prepper. Today's episode, episode 56, is going to be on the stresses of bugging out. So, there are a lot of people out there that do not talk about the stresses of bugging out. We talk about bug out gear, bug out bags, how to pack out bug out bags, and how to pick bug out locations. But no one talks about the stresses behind bugging out. Now, there are a lot of things you're going to contend with on the road. You might contend with a lot. You might contend with nothing. You might run into zero obstacles. You might run into every obstacle under the sun. Right? You have to start thinking broader when you're bugging out. You have to start looking at everything and every angle that could be out there and anything that can happen to you has to be a thought. Right? You're thinking... A million and one things. Your safety. How much food do you really have? How much water do you really have? Where are you going to sleep? What's ahead ahead of you on this road? Is this road even safe? Is someone going to steal your gear? Are you going to get robbed? Will someone kill you? Are you going to kill someone? What else can happen? These are the different things you're going to be thinking of when you're bugging out. That's adding to the stress of walking to your bug out location or wherever you're going to bug out to. The minute you leave the safety of your home, the stress begins. And I, I, I rather should say the real stress begins. Because if the disaster is going down and you're watching it unfold, you're already starting to stress out about what you're going to do next. But that is nothing compared to what you're going to be going through when you're on the road. Like I said, how many obstacles are going to happen to you while you're on the road? These are the things you need to think about. You want to think about as many angles as you possibly can so that none of it surprises you. Now, when you're bugging out, the physical portion of it is the walking. Now, walking would be similar to hiking, let's say the Appalachian Trail, right? Those are the, the two comparisons I can make when it comes to walking because you are going to be putting in a lot of miles. The average person can walk anywhere between, what is it, 10 to 15 miles a day. But now you're adding a pack on your back. So that might limit you down to 10 miles, 10 to 12 miles a day. If you've never walked before and you decided... I'm bugging out today, and this is the first time you're putting in that kind of mileage, you're going to feel it the next day, without a doubt. Your feet will be killing you the next day. Now, when you're hiking the Appalachian Trail, you could put in something called zero days. Zero days are days where you don't walk at all. If you're bugging out, there is a small chance that you'll get to put in zero days, meaning take days off. Now, if you're in an area where you feel safe, it's completely secluded, no one's going to see you there for a few days, you might be able to put in some zero days. But if whatever you're running from is on your ass, whatever that is, you can't put in zero days, right? So if your feet are destroyed or killing you, then you're going to have to put some zero days in. You're going to have to stay put. The worst thing you can do is keep walking and destroy your feet and now you're not walking at all. 
Now you, you're going five, six, seven days with zero days because your feet are destroyed. So you have to think about that. Wearing comfortable shoes and socks are not the only thing that's going to cut it, right? You could have the, the most comfortable socks in the world and the most comfortable footwear in the world. That means nothing if you never walk this kind of distance. So I tell people, go out and practice. Walk a mile, walk two, walk three with no pack in your back. Then put a pack on your back, put a light pack, and then work up the weight to what you actually have as a bug out bag weight. This is going to build your muscles and help your feet out and even toughen your feet because you are going to be sore the next day and you're going to be sore in places you didn't even think were muscles. So it is in your better interest to practice. Practice walking, practice walking long distance. I walk to work now. I put a, I variate the weight in my bag and I walk to and from work, which is almost four miles. So in a day, I'm doing about eight miles. And don't get me wrong, there are days that I don't want to walk and I'll either jump in my car or I'll take the subway. But even when I take the subway, I still have to walk about just shy of a mile to uh, my job. So I'm getting the workout in and I'm strengthening my, uh, my legs and my feet. That is probably the most important thing that you can do when you're bugging out. Now, as far as stress goes, if you have any ailments, bugging out is going to be harder. As of right now, if I had to bug out, me, the wife, the kids, we could throw the packs on our back and walk. But if you have any underlying problems like a bad back or knees or hell, even shoulders, hips, ankles, you're going to run into some problems. You're going to be moving a hell of a lot slower. Now, I say shoulders because sometimes you carry a pack on your back. If you have shoulder problems and the bag pulls back on you, it'll add to uh, the pain factor in your shoulders. That shouldn't stop you from walking, but it'll slow you down. All the questions that I asked earlier about whether or not you were going to get robbed or someone stealing from you. Robbing, being robbed, and having things stolen from you are two different things. Right, being robbed is someone holding you at gunpoint, a knife point, and asking for your shit. And stealing is when your back is turned and your pack is gone. That's the the difference. Now, as far as minimizing someone stealing from you, just keep your eyes on your pack. Don't ever turn your back away for too long. And if you're gonna walk away from it because you have to do something like I don't know, climb a fence, to check something out, or you're going to fetch water and you don't want to put the bag in your back to fetch the water. You could cover it up or just keep your eyes on it. As far as being robbed, you're going to have to have a firearm. It's just that simple. You are not going to get from point A to point B and not get robbed. Now, let me backtrack that last statement a little bit. Depending on when you bug out will dictate how bad the road's going to be. If you leave let's say 30 days after the incident happened and the total breakdown of society has already broken down, you are definitely going to run into criminals between when you leave and your bug out location. If you take off as soon as the event happens, you're less likely to run into bad people. Less likely. I'm not saying not at all, but less likely. <clears throat> Now, 
bad people do know how to read situations. A lot of them are good at it. So if they notice there's no cops around, the bad shit can start immediately. But society doesn't start breaking down from a long-term event where there's no help. Probably, I'm going to say anywhere between anywhere between 5 to 20 days, right? And that's a big gap because 5 days depends on who runs out of food first. 20 days meaning if you're in a decent neighborhood and everybody's stocked well or decent, 20 days is when people start acting like animals, start begging for food, start robbing other people for their stuff. So you have to keep that in mind. When, Depending on when you leave will dictate whether or not there's going to be high levels of crime out there. So back to owning a firearm, you're going to have to own a firearm. But with owning a firearm, you're going to have to be very responsible. You're going to have to look for all the signs of a trap or um, or a decoy on the road, right? The wounded lady or the wounded kid. You have to keep your eyes open. If you're walking with firearms and you're walking in a decent-sized group, you're definitely going to have to have a scout, right? Or a pathfinder, however you want to look at it. That guy or girl is going to go ahead, and they're not going to walk ahead uh, on the open road so everyone can see them they're going to walk ahead and they're going to try to keep uh, cover as best they could and see what dangers are ahead if they run into danger they either A. stop where they are and wait till the group gets close enough to signal them or they run back to the group and tell them what's going on up ahead if you are in a small group like family small like husband, wife, kids that's a different story you guys are going to have to move a little slower. And if you have kids, you're moving slower anyway. But if you think something's amiss, then you're going to have to uh, walk even slower. Now, I will say, you should listen to your gut. In a situation like that, where you're coming down a road and something doesn't seem right, guess what? It's not. Go with your gut feeling. It could be nothing or it could be something. And it's better for you to go around or be more suspicious than it is to walk blindly into something and then uh, be taken over. So, again, with the stresses of bugging out, food and water. People say all the time, you should have a cache along your bug out route. There's one problem with the having a cache, sorry, not a cache, a cache, is that if you get detoured around the original bug out path, what do you do then, right? You're going to sit there and plant bug out caches all over the, uh, you know, all over your path to your bug out location? No. You're going to try to stick to your path as long as you can. Um, you should have a backup route, and your backup route should have caches as well. But you shouldn't pepper uh, the entire state of Pennsylvania, for example, to your bug out location with caches, right? I mean, could you do it? Yes, if you have money like that. But try to stick to your original route. Have a cache or two on the way to your bug out location. Again, the distance will dictate how many caches you have, right? So if you have, if you're 100 miles away, you figure it's going to take you roughly 10 days. You should have probably, I'm going to say, four to five caches of food and water along that path. If you deviate from that path or you think you're going to be deviated from that path, 
make sure you can go around whatever you're deviating from to get to the next cache. So just an idea. Uh, I am going to bury a couple this year just to see how long they last. And I'm going to attempt a, I guess, real life bug out where I'm walking from the city to um, Harriman State Park. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say that's not a real bug out because there's no danger involved. You are right. I'm not going to have to run from anybody. I'm not going to have to shoot anything. So, but... I'm doing the walking aspect, the physical aspect of bugging out, the real uh, aspect of tomorrow something happens and I got to get from point A to point B and then see how I feel after that. I should be completely wrecked after I'm done uh, with this bug out uh, walk that I'm going to do on my own. It's going to be like, a, I'm going to call it a live bug out walk because we do have practice bug out walks in the city where we walk from let's say 96th Street to the George Washington Bridge with a bug out uh, bag on our back. That's the group that I run here in the city, the NYC Preppers Network. So anyway, hopefully this podcast is long enough. Uh, I Like I said, I'm trying to make them longer because some people said I should, so I'm going to listen. Um, and I'm not stalling for time. I'm just thinking what else I could say. Well, there's not much more I could say about the stress of the bugging out. You get it. You get that it's going to be very stressful. You're going to be stressed from the word go. So to minimize your stress, you need to ask yourself these questions that I asked earlier and answer them honestly. The one question I want to address is you killing someone. Are you going to have to kill somebody when you're bugging out? You might have to. But to sit there and answer the question now and say, yes, I am. You don't know what you're going to do. If you never killed a person before, you have no clue what you're going to do when it's time to come to it. You could freeze up. You could fumble. Right? You can get killed yourself because you weren't fast enough. Um, the act of killing is not an easy uh, task. If you were in the military and you were in the infantry or you were in special forces and you've killed somebody before you're more than likely you're going to do it again. But for those of us like myself who were never in the military, never killed anyone, that is a question that can only be answered when the time comes. We all like to think that we could sit here today in the comfort of our home while everything is, is civil and say, hell yeah, I'll kill that person for my wife and kids. Yes, we, we can all say that, but will you do it when the time comes? So that was my only uh, gripe. I hear people all the time say, I'll do this and that when the time. You don't know. You have no clue. A lot of guys, who I'm not a lot, but a few guys who've joined the military, I've heard those stories of guys freezing up when the battle was on. These are the same guys that said they were going to go in there and get some. And when the bullets started flying, they reacted differently. It's just the, the way the body handles itself sometimes, right? So, again... We've had guys in the fire department who wanted to be glorious firemen, go to their first fire, they flip out. They they don't know how to respond. They're like, holy shit, this is real. The same thing with killing somebody. You are not going to know until you get into that situation. All right, guys. So this is The Angry Prepper. Thank you for listening. You could like and subscribe to my YouTube channels, The Angry Prepper Urban and The Angry Prepper Outdoors. 
You can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. All right, guys. Thank you for listening.